0: 1 Corinthians 9.13, the Bible says, Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Now the context, he's talking about people that preach the gospel, verse 14, should live of the gospel. That's not my message tonight. But I want to look at verse 13. I want you to turn to a lot of scriptures. I, I, I want to ask you this question. As we look at verse 13, do ye not know that they which minister about holy things? My question is, what makes something holy? Why would a thing be called holy? Why would a person be called holy? As I was thinking about the answer to that and what makes something holy, I looked it up in the dictionary. The old 1828 dictionary, which I, you know, try to encourage every Christian to not only have, but read. But we it, it says this in the dictionary. We call a man holy when his heart is conformed in some degree to the image of God. And his life is regulated by divine precepts. That, that's in the dictionary. Now that would be in reference to a man, but what about a thing? You know, there, there are a lot of things that God mentions to be holy that is not even connected with a person. So what makes those what makes a holy thing? The word holy means to be consecrated. When you say something is holy, it's sacred. It's hallowed. Holy is a word connected obviously with God and his name. Things that are holy are things that are sanctified. When we use the word holy, you can remember the word whole. Not just H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-E, something that is complete and entire. It's, And we would use that in a sense of morality. Someone that is holy is not someone that just has a portion of things in their life that's right. But a holy individual would have, it would be an entire body of character, or they couldn't be classified to be holy. So whole or entire, complete, spiritually, morally, you know, it's extremely rare today to find anything that's holy. Everything is plain. Everything, is, everything in life seems to be connected either with something that is ordinary, and I would say this about something that is holy is something that is not ordinary. A hallowed thing, a holy thing, a sacred, that's not an ordinary thing. I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about things. For things to be holy, it's got to be different than just the run-of-the-mill things you see. And our world is not a, is not a holy world. We things in our lives are connected with things that are sinful. Obviously, anything that's connected with something impure or sinful because holy is obviously opposite of that. But I'm glad that there's not just... Ordinary things in life, but they're also extraordinary things. That there are exceptions. That there are such things as soup the supernatural in the world. There are things that are pure. The word holy is not just something that is out there that no one can ascribe to be. We know I'm not preaching on the verse, but the Bible says, be ye holy. For I am holy, saith the Lord. And so it's not just something we ascribe to and we never reach it. It's something that is is real, it's tangible. And I just want to find out tonight what makes something a holy thing. What makes it a holy thing? The first reference, the very first reference that you find in the whole Bible of the word holy in any form, is an exodus? Would you turn over there? I, I I think that this is a a lesson as you think about things that are holy because most people aren't things that you come in contact with your life definitely aren't. But God, over and over in this Bible, it talks about holy things. Matter of fact, if you take your Bible, what does it say on the? What does it say right there on the... Unless you've rubbed yours off like I have from use. (laughs) Now, do I believe that or do I... You know, most people don't believe that this is a holy book. It's not just a book. It's not just God's book. It is a holy Bible now, let me ask you a question. If you walked somewhere in the world to find something that was hallowed, that was sacred, what thing could you pick up and say, this is holy? And why would it be that? What would make it that? Is it holy just because somebody wrote it on it? Because there are a lot of people that carry Bibles that say holy Bible that I don't even believe are holy. You can call anything holy, but that doesn't make it holy. Just because a person decreed, no, no, holiness. For something to be truly holy, there's got to be something very distinct and different about it. In our way of thinking, and what, I'm not going this direction at all tonight, but in our way of thinking, when I would say a person is holy, I would probably start to tell you what a good life they live or how they keep themselves from sin. I'm just being transparent. But how would that fit with the very first reference the word holy is used? Exodus chapter 3, would you look at it? The Bible says in verse number 4, Exodus 3 and verse number 4, and when the Lord saw that he, this is Moses, when he turned aside to see, this is the burning bush, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now let me ask you a question. What was it about that dirt that made it holy? Was it that that dirt wasn't dirty? Are are you thinking with me? Was it that the dirt had never come into any impurities? How could you ever say dirt was holy? So what I'm trying to say is, a lot of times we have an idea of what makes things holy, but yet when we go to the very first reference of holy, those things probably won't apply to the ground. (laughs) The ground was not holy because it didn't smoke or drink. The ground was not holy because it dressed right. The ground was not holy because people passed by and said it was holy. That's not what made it holy. Matter of fact, if you looked at the ground, it looked like all the other dirt that was around the other dirt. But there's something about that piece of dirt that God said, When you come over here, you better take off your shoes because this piece of dirt is a holy piece of dirt. Why is it holy? Holy is where God is. If God is there, even if it's dirt, the dirt is holy. The ground is holy. The Bible says about our God, who is like unto thee, O Lord, glorious in holiness. You know what what I really believe? I believe when you look at everything in creation, there is nothing holy you can see anywhere. But if God is there, the dirtiest place becomes a holy place. His presence makes it so. You remember when, so it's the person of God in a place that makes it holy, first of all. You remember when the Bible talks about Jesus coming to the world and and the apostles were preaching that in the early book of Acts, and two times it talked about thy holy child, Jesus. You you don't have a holy child. (laughs) I didn't have a holy child. Why was Jesus a holy child? Jesus was the holy child because he was God. And wherever God is, it doesn't matter if it's on the dirt, if it does, doesn't matter if it's in a little baby, that's a holy thing. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Why is the Holy Ghost called the Holy Ghost because wherever God is, that's where holiness is. Look at Leviticus. You're in Exodus. Go to Leviticus chapter 6. I thought about this when I was over in Israel because you go over in Israel in context of the next verse we're going to read. You go over to Israel and they'll, they'll take you to all these holy places. But to me, they just look like every other place. And I wonder what makes does it make it holy because there's a million people that come by? <laughs> Why is this place more holy than that place over there? Matter of fact, you don't, you don't know if Jesus was baptized in that part of the Jordan or that part of the Jordan or that <laughs> You you don't know. Now you think you know that they think they know where the cross was, which is ridiculous. There's no way that anybody... Look, if you go back over 2,000 years, you are not going to find one spot (laughs) where some event happened. You're not going to find that. They didn't put a plaque there. So we pick this place and a priest comes by and he says some hocus-pocus and crosses himself and makes it holy. No. 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 But I do read in Leviticus 6 there are some holy places. Not just holy ground but Leviticus 6 the Bible says verse 16. He said, And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the Look at verse 26. Leviticus 6, 26. The priest that offereth it for sin shall eat it in the holy place shall it be eaten watch it now In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Verse 27. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh, thereof shall be holy. And when uh, there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon any garment, thou shalt wash that whereon it was sprinkled in the holy place. Now you that know your Bible, you understand that there was a holy place and then there was a most holy place. And they weren't the same. But this is, this is, this is so interesting to me. When he talks about the holy place in verse 26, he talks about where the priest is eating this offering and he's eating it in the court of the tabernacle of congregation. He said, in the holy place shall it be in the court of the tabernacle. We don't even call the court of the tabernacle. We call the holy place and then the holy of holies. But God said, even the court is holy. You know why? Because I'm not just back there, amen, where the cherubims are and the mercy seat is. I'm also in the holy place. And matter of fact, I even walk around out here in the court area. Wherever He is, it's holy. So is He with you? Does He walk with you? Are you in His presence? I didn't see God. I didn't feel God. I, I didn't think the place, in all those places in the Holy Land, were very holy. They just looked like other places that became tourist attractions. There's nothing holy, and it's not just about Christianity. Mecca has their holy places. Other or Muslims with Mecca. Other religions have their holy places but they're not holy. They're just places. You know why? Because God's not there. If God was at Mecca, it would be a holy place. Yeah, it would. If God walked in the mosque, the mosque would be a holy place. And if God walks among us, you know what this becomes? A holy place. But if His presence... It's just another tourist attraction. Look at uh, Le- uh, Nehemiah 11 on your way over to 48, uh, Ezekiel 48. Nehemiah 11, Ezekiel 48. You say, How do you know that, preacher? Because you know that holy place and that tabernacle and that temple? One day, it wasn't a holy place when God walked out of it. Same building, but when God walked out of that temple, it was no longer holy. Same furniture. Same people walking in and out, but all of a sudden, God's not there, so it's not holy anymore. What I'm trying to say is, We are to be holy people, but it's only because the presence of God is the only thing that makes anything holy. Where is God? That's the holy place. Look at Nehemiah chapter 11, verse number. Nehemiah 11, verse number one. And the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem. The what? The holy city. I've been to Jerusalem. Doesn't look like a holy city to me. But it was right there. You know why? God said, Nehemiah, I'm right here with you, boy. (laughs) This is a holy city. It might even be run down. But it is holy if I'm here. Mm. Is your house a holy place? Is the Lord there? You say, no, no. If he's there, It's holy. He can make the dirt. Yeah, yeah, the Amen. Ezekiel 48. Watch it. Ezekiel 48 talks about the city in the millennium. And I'm not going to read all of it, but you start verse about verse 15, and every verse talks about the city. The city this, the city that. talks about the suburbs of the city, the length of the city. Everything about the city. And he goes all the way through the end of Ezekiel 48. Harold Seidler said that these are some of the most boring parts of the Bible to him because it was just all about measurements of a city. And he said, I'm just not into construction very much. But but this is what makes the city holy. Verse 35, last verse of Ezekiel, I love it. It was round about 18,000 measures, and the name of that city from that day shall be the Lord is there. <laughs> That's why it's a holy city. John saw, said, I saw New Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down from God out of heaven. You know why? Because the Lord was in that city. You know what makes heaven a holy place? Guys, listen, listen. I'm telling you, if all of us went to heaven and God left, it would no longer be holy. (laughs) He's the one that makes it a holy place. He can make it a holy city. Well, that encourages me because if God is there, he can make it holy. He says to... Israel in Joel chapter 2 verse 27 he said I am in the midst of my people Israel and he said this in Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 he said you're a holy people not because guys those Jews had as many problems as you have and the Lord says you're a holy people Why? Because I'm in the midst of you. 1 Corinthians 3. You know where I'm going, don't you? Why does the Bible say we're a holy nation? A peculiar people? Well, that's because we just live so right. You have lost your mind. Mormons live better than you do. (laughs) Some of you. They keep their hair cut short. Because that do, that doesn't make the person holy. I, I believe you ought to live righteously and godly outside, but but the only thing that makes us holy, God's got to be there. If God ain't in your haircut, it ain't holy. If God ain't in your clothes, they're not holy. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? (laughs) He said this. You may not even live right. I'm I'm treading lightly here, but I'm going to make a point. You may not even be living right, but if God is in your body, it is a holy place. That's why if you defile that holy place, if you live your life in a way that is not pleasing to God, you are defiling a holy place that He's living. It is not your living that makes your life a holy place. It is God in the body that makes it a holy place. But when you and I don't live, the life God gets angry because He's living in that house. Yeah, we're just like the, the holy ground place, it's just dirt. I don't know if that's help, helping anybody, it's, it helps me. Now, look, look, if we would concentrate as much on being filled with the Holy Ghost and being filled with God as we do on all these other things, to look holy, we might actually become holy. Because it's God that makes something holy. Amen. It's his presence. That's why we can be a holy people, just like the holy city, and the holy ground, and the holy place, and the holy nation. So that's this. You know, go over there to Israel. You go to any religious place, you know, and they'll have some relic and everybody wants to touch it because it's holy. You know, this is the, this is the shroud that Jesus wore. That's a joke. But, but, but they want to touch it or they want to see it. This is a piece of wood off of his cross. And it's a joke, but they want to see it. They want to touch it because it's a holy thing. This is the place where His last drop of blood... I, I, I never forget, I was in Jerusalem and I watched these people... Fight. I mean, they're lines as far as you can see. And it's all day, every day, and they pass by and they can only be there for a minute and some of them cry and weep and they just want to touch the little place where they believe the blood of Jesus dropped because they believe it's such a holy place. That's not the holy place. There are no relics like that. We are... The We are where God is. And oh, that people would want to touch. And people would want to see the place where God is that he made holy. It's not hardly the way it is. Though, is it? I'll give you a second thing. Not only do I think a holy thing is a place where God is. But I'll go to Numbers chapter 5 because this sort of interrupts my theology again. Nothing like the Bible that interrupts your theology. (laughs) This is one of the wildest chapters in all the Word of God. I may have to just cut this message off. I'm having too much fun with it. This is one of the... Matter of fact... If I read, yeah, well, maybe, maybe I should have So in Numbers chapter 5, the Bible says, uh, verse 14, The spirit of jealousy come upon him, this is a, this is a husband, he'd be jealous of his wife, She'd be defiled, or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, he'd be jealous of the wife, and she'd be not defiled. In other words, here's this guy's got a wife. He's jealous. He thinks she's done something, but he, he don't know if he's if she's defiled herself or she hadn't, but he really thinks she has. 15. Then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest. And he shall bring her offering for her, the tenth part of ephah of barley meal. He shall pour no oil on it. Upon it, nor put frankincense for his offering of jealousy, offering of more, bringing iniquity. So he brings this. He brings his wife, the priest. He brings an offering. Verse sixteen: The priest should bring her near and set her before the Lord. <laughs> I got a marital problem. All right, we need to get you people before the Lord. <laughs> Stand here before the Lord. <laughs> Verse seventeen. Now this is this, this is this is what. Sort of ties the rag on the bush. And the priest will take holy water. <laughs> holy water? Preacher, that's what them charismatics believe. That, look, every, every misunderstood thing is something that's, that's true, but somebody just twists. There was real holy water in the Bible, and it wasn't from a charismatic preacher. And it wasn't from a Catholic priest. And it wasn't thrown on somebody to make the demons come out. Matter of fact, if this holy water gets in you and you're all right, you're going to have a baby. How's that for holy water? Isn't that crazy? People go, holy water, get this holy water and you'll be cured. I never heard anybody say, I got some holy water. If you take this, you'll have a baby. That's what's going on here. And if you have defiled yourself, then your belly and your thigh is going to rot. And the holy water is going to destroy you. How about that? You know what I think? I don't think too many women drank that water. I think probably they said, honey, whatever we need to do to get this straight, I don't want that water. Because how many women probably didn't want either one of those things to happen? <laughs> so what made the water holy? You think, I don't think God was in the water. I don't think they're drinking God. <laughs> what made it holy? Well, go to another text. Go to we'll just throw some of these out there. Go to Numbers chapter thirty-one. So we got a holy water. Numbers thirty-one verse six. See that's what happens when you ain't preached for a while. You just just want to keep going. <laughs> Numbers thirty one verse six. And Moses sent them, bless the people in the nursery, Lord. uh, Numbers 31, 6. And Moses sent them to the war, a thousand of every tribe, them and Phinehas the son of Eliezer, the priest to the war, with the holy instruments. I don't know, guys. I don't know if that's holy or not. (laughs) What makes that one holy but the thing that I saw in the Nashville airport Not. You can have this instrument in a church or you can have it in a bar. You say, well, it's the way you play it. Don't think so. I think if you went to a bar and they had a piano and you played Amazing Grace just like Benjamin, I don't think it'd be holy. So what makes, what makes the instruments holy? What makes the water holy? Get, uh, go, go back, get Exodus 28. I got a whole bunch on this one, but I'll just read it and go on. Exodus 28. Exodus 28, <clears throat> verse number 2, And thou shalt make holy garments. Did it come from a heavenly seamstress? Did the angels come down with needle and thread from the throne of God? Surely it didn't come from the five and dime. Holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And there are so many, I've got so many references about holy garments. As a matter of fact, when Aaron and his son, when the priest would come in, God would even say this, wear those holy garments when you come in and then when you get through with your service, take the holy garments off and put the other garments on. What made them holy? The store they came from? Nope. The length though? No. I think that the garments they put on in their place were just as modest as the ones they took off. What made these holy? Exodus 29. 29, 29. Maybe here's a little clue. We could read all the rest of these verses, but maybe this one will help. Exodus twenty nine twenty nine, And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed therein and to be consecrated in them. And the rest of the verses about the holy garments, what made them holy was they were set apart for a certain use. That They weren't what they wore to go fishing. They only wore these to go meet God. They only wore these to go offer sacrifices. And they were consecrated for that purpose. That's the only purpose they had. They were sanctified, they were anointed for that purpose. These are for the these are for God to use. Just like those instruments, what makes one Trumpet holy and another trumpet not holy. If this trumpet is consecrated and dedicated for God's use, it makes it holy. If it's just for my use, it's just another trumpet. If your life, leave up here. he'll, He'll keep your attention. Amen. If your life is not for God's use. It's ordinary. There's nothing extraordinary about it. You said, Preacher, I'm not a pastor. I'm not. We're not talking about that. Remember the holy water? (laughs) What made the holy water holy? It was something that God had ordained for a certain purpose, for His use. It was for God to settle an issue in the homes of the Israelites. He ordained it. It was what God used. God used that in the nation of Israel. Whether it's an instrument, guys, if it's for God, if it's for His glory, if it's for His honor, if it's for His use, if it's connected with Him, that's why it's holy. If it's just connected with me, doesn't matter how beautiful it is, doesn't matter how great it is, doesn't matter where it's used. You can play an instrument in this church for yourself, not just for God. You can play an instrument in this church for others to hear, not for God to hear. I can preach for, for you to think it's great. I can preach to try to get more people in just so we can have a bigger congregation. That's ordinary. That's ordinary. It's not holy preaching. It's got to be for His use, you see. It's for Him. That's why the Bible talks about the holy prophets. They weren't just prophets. They were prophets that God chose and that God used. They were His mouthpieces. You remember where the Bible says, Holy men of God spake as they were moved of the Holy Ghost. They were being used by God to speak what God wanted spoken. And that's what made them holy. It was for His use. The Bible talks about the holy angels. You know what makes them holy? All of them aren't holy because some of them went off the deep end. The only ones, The only angels that are holy, guys, are the ones that are being used by God. And the only holy people are the ones that are being used by God. And it doesn't matter, amen, if you are fixing a double wide in Arizona, or you're holding a scripture sign on the street corner, or if you're clipping the hedges to make God's house look look more glorious for His honor and for His glory, or if it's, if it's helping in the nursery, or if it's going down, amen, to the nursing home, or whatever it's done, if you're doing it for the glory of God, if it's for His use, it makes it a holy thing! I gotta give you the last one. Y'all you have know, done so well. Second Chronicles. I'm trying to figure out what makes a holy thing a holy thing. I believe a holy thing is where God is. I believe a holy thing is what God uses. Hmm. I remember there was a day where young people would pray, oh God, use me. I just want to be used. We used to sing songs like that. To be used of God. Just want to be. But now people have an agenda. People have, uh, they have uh, uh, something they want to accomplish. They have their own thoughts, their their own goals, their, their own ambitions. That's not holy. I don't care if there's nothing wrong with it. It's ordinary. You want to work construction, do it for God. You want to teach in public school, do it for God. You want to take care of old people, do it for God. You want to work in a bank, do it for the glory of God. That makes it holy. Go into the bank and Handling all the filthy lucre. Lord, make me a witness. Lord, keep that salary coming in so I can put it in the work of God. Makes it holy. Second Chronicles chapter 35. There's one other thing I think that makes something holy. Not just if God is there and if God's using it. I'll just be honest with you. God doesn't use everything. Balaam's ass was a whole lot more holy than he was. You know why? Because God used that animal. I don't want to be less holy than an animal. Was it Vance Havner preaching on the the chicken? Preached better sermons than, than Peter could preach. Brought him under conviction. The chicken was holy. Chickens can't be holy. If dirt can be holy, a chicken can be holy. I wouldn't want a chicken to be more holy than me because God chose to use the chicken more than He chose to use me. Because I was too proud or unconcerned or unwilling. God used all kinds, He used a whale. He used a great, he used a gourd. If you're not more spiritual than a gourd, you need help. God used a gourd. I believe the gourd was holy. Because God touched it. God used it. If God could make a gourd holy, and if God could make a whale holy, and if God could make a donkey and a chicken holy, amen, and a colt the foal of an ass holy, carrying his son, I believe he can make you and I holy if we want to be used by God. But I don't think too many people want to be used by God anymore. Second Chronicles 35, verse 13. And they roasted the Passover with fire according to the ordinance, but the other holy offerings sod they in pots and in cauldrons and in pans and divided them speedily among the people. What made these offerings holy? A holy offering. So they they bring these offerings. I don't think every offering that was brought to God was holy because I recall in the Bible where some people brought some things to God and God said, I don't want that. And it was the same thing another guy brought. So what made this offering holy and the other not holy? I'll read to you Exodus 28, verse 38. The Bible says here, He says, And it shall be upon Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts. He said the gifts that were given to God with a right heart were holy gifts. I'm reading, in your hearing, Leviticus 27, verse 32, the Bible says, And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. When they tithe, he said that, that tithe is holy. But I don't think all their tithes were holy. Well, what made one guy's tithes holy and the other guy's wasn't? Well, it depends on why they're giving it. I really believe what makes something holy is where God is. It's what God uses. And what's really given down from the heart to God. Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I believe anything given to God, anything consecrated to God, anything offered to God with a right heart becomes holy. I think when you give to missions, if you give it with the right motive and the right heart, and you're not just giving it to the church, and you're not just giving it to the missionaries, and you're not just giving it to the poor people that need the gospel, but when you're actually giving it to the Lord, I believe it becomes a holy thing. Because now it's connected with the holy one. If it's just connected with sinners, I don't know that that makes it Holy. But if I can get it in the hands of God, remember he talked about men that die, men here that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them. If you can ever give something into the hand of God, I guarantee it'll come holy because if he takes it, it's, it's a holy thing. And it doesn't matter if it's your money or if it's your flocks or your talents or your life or even your praise. I'll give you a verse. You ready for the verse? I don't think I've ever heard anybody preach this this way. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up what kind of hands? What makes them holy? You know what I've heard preached all my life? I've probably done some preaching that way. Boy, if you've lived a clean life, and I believe in that, and you've done good all week, then you can put your hands up. Do we really think what we do is going to make that holy? (laughs) How are you going to make those holy? You know what I really believe he's saying? He said, if you will just really get down to praying instead of just going through the routine... And you'll lift up your hands to a real God and from your heart you'll reach out to God. That praise, that offering, that thanks, it's not just something you're rolling out of your mouth but you're actually bringing it to God. Then those hands become holy, the praise becomes holy, the thanks becomes holy, the song becomes holy. But if you're just singing or if you just... I, I believe some people just put up her hands and they're just having a good time and I'm not even against that. but when that hand goes up to God, I'm giving you a salute Lord. bless the Lord. it becomes holy if it's for him. yeah so. Any holy things in your life?